WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the podcast where two best friends talk about comics with the people who make them. I'm Dan Grote. And I'm Matt Lazowitz. And this week's guests are the two are two of the creators of Image Comics Golden Rage, Chrissy Williams and Lauren Knight. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. So uh, we, d- we did talk about this a little bit uh, before we actually started recording proper, but uh, we're, we're recording the Monday after Comic-Con. So how is everybody's uh, FOMO uh, <laughs> right now? Um, it's, yeah, it's a mixture between, oh God, it feels like it's really all happening again. And I just want to stay in my house and still hide from infection. Um, <laughs> like I'm, I'm <laughs> between those two poles in a way that I feel... I, I feel like the FOMO is just getting more and more now, isn't it? It's everyone's really doing their thing and it's all, there's so much excitement. I don't know. How do you feel, Lauren? I think I, I'm antisocial, so I'm quite happy to just not be involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It was, it was surprising seeing that amount of content come out of it, but also, you know, it's, it's okay to, if you, if you want to still avoid the swirling teeming mm. masses, <laughs> uh, most definitely. But, um, what, uh, f- for each of you, and, and Lauren, we'll start with you. What are some of the first comics that you remember reading? Me? Oh, no. Well, uh, the thing about me is there's no comic shop where I live. So oh, okay. the only comics I had access to growing up were the comics at the dentists, <laughs> which were the Beano and the Dandy and stuff like that from DC Thompson. So I didn't have any access to big comics until probably when I was in university. And I started with Saga. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. That's where I got started. Um, for me, I the what actually what was, I think it was Topolino, which is the Italian like Disney uh, 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 shorts, like anthologized shorts that came out every I want to say week. It might have been months. My mom's Italian, so I speak Italian. So I think they were purchased explicitly to try and get me to like read more in Italian, mm-hmm. and. And for ages, I had no conception of comics beyond that. It was like, oh, these are the cartoons off the telly. And then these are the cartoons and then, oh, that's fine. And then I think I had like an, a whole asterisk moment. Um, but in terms of actually understanding comics and falling in love with comics, that happened very much as an adult, mm-hmm. very much. Um, and what did I, do you know what I think actually turned me onto it properly was um, a poetry friend of mine recommended Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. And I read that and went and my head just kind of exploded. Um, yeah, and it just, it kind of changed everything. Yeah. I like the idea of an explosion of formalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's interesting, isn't it? When you are, cause my, my, my primary medium was I've worked in book editing and well, and now comics editing, but um, I started off always very much working with words. And so it, it was a massive like revelation of just what you can do in this other medium. And it was, and it felt like it was hidden from me because, because my experience of comics had been very much as a child before that. I'm yeah, it's, I feel a bit ashamed of it, to be honest. I, I wish I had a better sort of like, yes, I know every single comic and date and fact and right thing, but it wasn't. I very much came in as an adult going, holy sh- shit you guys you you've been doing all of this stuff and it's amazing yeah see i like that though that's (laughs) that's neat to me you know i 
<laughs> no, that's great. Um, so, so yeah, you're you uh, y'all are here to uh, talk about Golden Rage, which is uh, your new five issue image series with uh, colorist Sophie Dodgson, uh, flatter Shane Hanakui, uh, letterer uh, Becca Carey, and uh, edited by Jamet Gill. Issue number one is out August 3rd as of this recording. Uh, as always, shipping delays are a thing and still happening. Uh, I will go ahead and read the elevator pitch for the listeners. Uh, in a world where older women who've been deemed useless to society are abandoned on an island, Golden Rage documents their golden years of making friends, baking dessert, and fighting to the death. Uh, <laughs> it has been billed as a cross between Golden Girls and Battle Royale, uh, and I love it for that. That's definitely one of the uh, best pitch lines I've come across in uh, four plus years of doing this podcast. What is the origin of this project? Uh, um, okay, so the origin comes from, the very origin comes from me watching Mad Max Fury Road. And when we hit that community of older women in the desert, it's not just like, oh, here's someone's grandma with some wise words. Here's someone's elderly aunt who has an amazing, you know, whatever. It's like, like here's a whole community, capable, badass, don't give a fuck, don't need anyone. Like just, and I, I, I was surprised in the cinema that I genuinely felt like emotional in that moment, like actually seeing them on screen. And that definitely like set something off in me. Um, uh, and I was thinking about like, okay, older women living alone, a society that doesn't want them, so they're cast away. And immediately you start thinking, okay, so Ireland's things. Battle Royale felt immediately, you know, it's, it's about casting out the young and making the young fight. And it just felt like a useful flip of that. Um, and then as soon as you have older women living together, the Golden Girls is right there. So that was just, that it seemed, it just made perfect sense in my head. Two things that I really love, like mashing together. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where it all fell out from. That's wonderful. Now, how did you, uh, how did you all come together and connect uh, as a to form a uh, form a team here? <laughs> um, Lauren, I know it was through Twitter, right? Wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> I owe Twitter everything, which I hate to say, <laughs> but I have to be on that hill site for work. But no, it's down to Twitter. Yeah, it was because we didn't know each other before. It was just, mm -hmm. it was very much a like, oh, hello, hello, oh, like that. Oh, hello, hey, hello. Do you, <laughs> and could I interest you in? It, it was a, and that kind of noise exchange. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we made a pitch and then with some sample pages initially and then pitched it to image and when it got green lit then we just we just dived in and yeah and it just ran really all like i feel like it really just ran quickly and smoothly and awesomely almost as if it was meant to be <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um i feel like Maybe I, no, I feel like you, yeah, you, you sort of got on board quite quickly. Like it just yeah, felt I mean, like you were- I read Gold Girls and Battle Royale, I was straight in. <laughs> like, yes, that's it. <laughs> I didn't need to read anything else. I just knew I was going to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Lauren, was uh, Golden Girls something you were familiar with prior to this? No, this is my secret shame. I <laughs> mentioned this to Chrissy before joining this call, that I've never seen Golden Girls, and I'm sorry. 
<laughs> but I've never seen it. Um, that's that's what you need to apologize for. <laughs> I've seen old women in life, and I have also seen battle royales. So hopefully, it shows. It's fine. I get away with it. Uh, so, so Chrissy, this is your first comic series as a writer, though obviously you have been involved in comics uh, for some time. And Lauren, this is your first series uh, mm. as an artist. You know, given we're about a week and a half out. Uh, from release, you know, how are you both feeling right now? Are there any sort of, uh, you know, pre-show jitters or anything like that? Yes. <laughs> I'm terrified. I don't know how Chris is feeling, but I'm terrified at all times. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, definitely a healthy bit of, of terror just to, to put something out there as, as creator instead of as like sounding board, as support, as like all of the behind the scenes stuff feels very very different um but i'm also really really excited like i i got the um shipping notification that our comps are going to arrive this week like it's real it's going to be in my hands um i'm so so excited like i already i sent a copy to my mom to read and she loves it i'm saving a copy the idea that i can actually give it physically give it to mm. my mom um it's so weird because like I've been I've felt so invested in the projects that I've edited before and I've worked on and they've been long running series. So like Die and Wicked and Divine, mm -hmm. you get so sucked into the world and life of those comics. I didn't realize how different it was going to feel actually being writer instead of editor, like how much more attached um, and how much more. God, I was going to say how much more I care, but that makes it sound like I didn't care about the others at all, which is not true. But yeah, it is an exciting, it is an exciting feeling. I think that that first time and the fact that we get to do it at Umij as well. I feel so kind of proud and excited at that as well. Um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's also like a weird feeling as well, because we've had that work done for so long. Like I drew issue one. I don't know, forever ago now, <laughs> I don't know. But it's finally gonna be in my hands soon and it just, it's a surreal feeling, it really is. Are, yeah. are you both completely, is the series done from your end or? Yeah, no. it's, well, if from the, they're all written and they're all drawn. They are mostly colored and and then a little, they're a little bit behind with coloring and lettering. But so the first three are done um, and, yeah, it's weird. it is weird that it's already mapped out. You know, it's already drawn. It's not as if we're going to be able to change anything significant at this point. You know, only if uh, some hideous typographical mistake is put. No, but yeah, um, it is weird having it already mapped out ahead of us. But part of me, I think, feels better that way because this is the story we've decided to make for better or worse. This is it. This is what we want to tell as opposed to feeling, I don't know, I can imagine if like the response to issue one is like, oh, but we really like so-and-so, but we hate so-and-so. The yeah. temptation would be to try and like tinker a bit and try and change it maybe. But no, so this is in a way, I just sort of feel more confident in the sense that we have made the thing we want to make and just really hope that, that it chimes with people and that other people like it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, besides there being four central protagonists, three of whom are older women, and, you know, the quote on the back page from uh, Dorothy, uh, how much Golden Girls DNA, I guess, would you say 
is in this thing. You know, do you feel like there's definitely a, a, a Dorothy Rose Blanche, et cetera? You know, I, I, I will say, I will say, you know, the, the dialogue between Lottie and Carolyn, they do have big Rose and Dorothy energy, at least in the first issue. Uh, you know, even if there aren't direct parallels to the other two. <laughs> You gotta love that big Dorothy energy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. There is. I would say they're not one for one, but definitely there's a good lot mixed in there for sure. Um, the sarcasm of and the and the intelligence of Dorothy is, is for sure in there um, in Caroline and and the sort of slightly wispy, anxious not quite getting it, nervy, um, you know, rosiness is in there. I haven't, um, I haven't played, I haven't played Lottie in the same way as Rose, just because I think Rose is in the show so, so dumb, <laughs> in like the best possible way, but so dumb that um, for what we're doing here, there's a lot more that we want. Um, there's a lot more that we want from, um, I think, the character in terms of depth. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely not, it's not, mm, there's a lot drawn from the Golden Girls in the relationships and there's, a, and, you know, in the gags, but it's not like a 20 minute comedy, like quick laughs, laugh track type, type comedy. There's a lot of heart and darkness and, and sort of other stuff, emotional stuff explored in this. Um, they're about, you know, they're older women. There's stuff in there about fertility and death and grief and aging and family. And there's a, there's a lot of all that, that good cheery stuff um, mm -hmm. mixed in as well. Yeah. And, you know, that, that kind of segues well, you know, how do you go about sort of mixing the, the violence, you know, the violence in the book and, and sort of those darker themes with, you know, there's also still a lot of, of humor and there's a lot of character work to make sure you kind of don't, I guess, don't go tipping too far in, in uh, one direction. Yeah, so maybe, okay, I'll throw this to Lauren because, um, no. <laughs> well, because my, my feeling is that, my feeling is that the humor, hmm, I'm, I was gonna say my feeling is that a lot of the humor comes out in the sort of the gags in the text and that what Lauren brings is like a really strong kind of horror vibe to the art. So the art feels like action, feels dark, feels powerful. Mm. And then you have like a wah, wah, wah in the in the dialogue, which is even more effective because the art is doing the serious thing that the art is doing. Um, but then some of the stuff is inherently drawn in Lauren and like on, um, I don't think these are. I mean, there is a preview page. There is uh, women getting their dentures knocked out. <laughs> so yeah, that's like comedy horror. <laughs> no, exactly. It's exactly. violence, but funny. Yeah, the woman, and on page two, the woman like poised over someone else with a knitting needle, and you see the, like the wool kind of coming. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot in the art as well, but it's it's not played. It's not played with like a red nose on. It's it's absolutely mm. played seriously and really hor horribly. Um, and I think a lot of what we do in those moments in the art is like leave it hanging there for everyone to, to sort of, it's not super, super graphic. It's just there to show you the idea of what these women have been doing to each other or what they're forced to do to each other. Um, 
yeah 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 <laughs> I like one of my favorite moments that um Lauren drew in the first issue is um Lottie and Caroline uh and there's basically basically is this point now an alarm sounds and they have to they have to get up and start and get ready to to fight and it just takes them like I think three panels <laughs> yeah. to like actually stand up and help each other up and like gradually because yeah sure they can fight but getting up from the floor that's mm. that's going to take a minute before before they're ready um things like that I think are really nice because there's a sort of love letter to action movies in there as well you've got your kind of terminator aliens predator love that hinted that threaded that through there and i wouldn't say that we're ever making fun of those films like we're taking it all as seriously as those films but there's also something so hyper ridiculous um especially something like predator you know um it's it's i think trying to make sure that the action all still feels real and that I think Lauren, you've done an amazing job at really making the island feel real, even while it is ludicrous, hence yeah. knitting needles, et cetera. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love sort of the opening. There's like a like a two-page spread, and that's how we meet sort of like Rosie tromping across the uh, the, the field of battle uh, in the midst of all this. And I'm looking at her and I'm just like, how how can I look like that when I'm her age? Like, <laughs> I know that's goals. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It absolutely. Is. But it's there's one thing I know I'm definitely gonna be someday. It's an it's an old woman. So this is like aspirational, a hundred percent. Like you talk about writing role models or whatever. It's like, well, I'm definitely gonna be old at some point. So let's let's just explore that. Let's make them the role models and yeah, God, who wouldn't want to be able to kick the shit out of <laughs> everyone when they're still like, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's good back matter for the future. You, you just put Rosie's workouts in there, just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we both now, we were saying, like, we both now follow, like, these random accounts on Instagram that are just of elderly women who work out and are buff as shit and they're just amazing like as stronger than I am a way stronger than I am it's yeah it's really impressive it's really really impressive what people are able to do um supposed to be referenced but I'm just spending an hour looking at all these photos and I'm wow yeah. <laughs> do you look like that I can't even get yeah. the stairs <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely aspirational in that respect like if I was thrown out on that island I would get my ass kicked immediately <laughs> <laughs> first today yeah exactly <laughs> terrible so how much of the world outside of the island do you plan to flesh out we get hints of why the women are sent to the island in the first issue and obviously you can't tell every detail about the world in the first issue uh, but how much time do you see spending on talking about the world outside and how much of the world of the island is the focus of the series? So um, I think it's okay to say that like basically the island is the focus. Like I felt, Lauren and I have had a lot of conversations about what the mainland is like, what that society is like. Well, if there is a society that is literally sending its old women away 
Bay and Castle Mountain Island, then they're certainly not going to tolerate, for example, gay marriage or, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of conversations about what it, life is like there. And over the course of the series, you do, you do get little things dropped by the characters about what their lives were like before. But I really strongly wanted this to be about a community of old women living alone. What do they live like? What now they've been able to shape the society any way they want. Like, so how are they spending their time? How are they living their lives? What's happening? How is the politics working? The factions, who's in charge, you know? Um, yeah, I really wanted to stick with the women, basically. So it's it's all gonna be, all gonna be um, looking at them. But as, but you do, as you say, you will continue to get these little hints of like, what else? Um, what, why and how it's kind of all come about. But that's definitely not the focus. The focus is the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm making a stabbing with a knitting needle gesture for the um, listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and will, will we get an explanation of where the cats come from? Or, or possibly <laughs> if you get more issues, an issue told from the perspective of the cats wandering around the island? Because as our listeners know, I'm all about the cats. <laughs> Um, I would love the idea of just doing a cat perspective, cat's eye view of the island. Oh my God. Um, you, so one of, as, as we'll find out, um, I think actually there's something in issue one that says basically what the island was before the women were all kind of brought there. And there's, as we go through later series and we move around, uh, later issues and we move around the island, You'll, we encounter some different locations and start to see like maybe a bit more of what the island was like before this thing happened, um, which, uh, yeah, I'll, well, that's what I'll say for now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, cats noted for the future. <laughs> that, that's a free idea, cats, cat perspective issue, take it away. <laughs> I claim no rights to that idea. I just wish to see it. <laughs> oh man, is is there is there like a chapter in the story bible where the cats all have names? One of the cats has a name, right? The one specific yeah. one, and the others were um, no. There's the one specific one that is the <laughs> that is the the the. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Is is the oh my god? What is what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Lost my mind. The main uh, cat. Let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah, the main cat. If the, if it was a comic about the cats, that cat would be the protagonist. Yes. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's actually I don't know why I'm hiding this as a point. Like the cat's name is Oedipus. Oedipus because of puss. Basically, a name that I've shamelessly stolen from my. Uh, I have a relative who had a cat uh, by that name um and yeah I just think it's a great cat name big big on pun cat names I think um we have two cats uh and they were called uh Manny and Bertha but the full names are Emmanuel Cat and Bertha Kit because you, you have to you have to yeah yeah <laughs> But don't use those to answer any security questions. Uh, <laughs> they're not. It's not. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> not. 
Oh, God, of course. Of course, the cats in the same house with Kieran Gillen have pun names. Of course. <laughs> Very important. Very important. Makes me happy. No, <laughs> uh, uh, no. Do you fear retribution from the real world red hat ladies for using their name in vain? Because I work in a theater and they come in on buses to see shows in large groups and they are a force to be reckoned with. I feel that what we've done in the comic is its own thing. I think we've, I feel, I don't, I don't, or at least I hope there's no running the risk of people thinking that it's like literally a real, you know, I, I think also I'm sure they would enjoy the like the kick-ass, uh, kick-assery, um, is that a word? Um, yeah. It is now. No, I think it, I think yeah. we'll be, fingers crossed, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I am going to pepper in a question here from our uh, grand Twitter inquisitor, Asimov Fangirl, who asks, what is the best advice or, or story maybe that a uh, grandparent or elderly person has relayed to you? Uh, for as an example, she gave uh, her grandmother said when that that when she was young, uh, she couldn't eat what she wanted because she had to take care of seven kids and had no money and had no time. But when she finally had the money, the time and no kids, she didn't have the teeth for it. So her <laughs> advice was to eat, enjoy what you want while you still can. <laughs> it is good advice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I saw, I saw that on Twitter earlier. We, Lauren and I were, were talking like it's, it's really hard to answer this question actually because it gets personal really, really quickly. Like sure, I... Sure for example, never knew my maternal grandmother because she died before I was born. Um, my uh, paternal grandmother, I mean, she, uh, I think she got by at the end of her life basically reading Agatha Christie's and drinking a tot of whiskey every night at 6 p.m. And she lived into her 90s. Um, and I, so I, that's certainly how I want to live my life is <laughs> just drinking whiskey and reading murder mysteries. That sounds good to me. Um, but it's weird, like, honestly, in the, like in the book, part of the thing here with having, introducing like a younger woman into this community of older women is that, that weird relationship that I think, that, well, certainly that I feel that I've gone through of, you hit a certain point where you almost don't have respect for older women because you see them as old and you want, you are young and you want to be strong and independent and yourself and like, oh, mom, leave me, you know, all that kind of teenage sort of angst. And you go through this process of like rediscovering your older relatives, wisdom and age and other wisdom and experience and kindness and yeah, that's really tied up with what we're doing with the book anyway. But it does, but it does get it. There's so much personal stuff has found its way into the into the comic as well. But Lauren, like, I mean, how do you feel this? It's it's a difficult question, really. It, um, I know. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I never I never met my uh, dad's mom. Um, I did have my my mom's mom. This is not a good story about her. She was not a great lady. But um, I don't know if you guys have jelly babies in the US. I don't know what the equivalent would be in the US. Maybe gummy bears? Maybe? <laughs> anyway, there's these sweets called jelly babies and they have like a powdery coating on them. Mm -hmm. And 
this old lady who <laughs> was not the best, she would uh, sook. This is a Scottish word. What's the English for this? Lick all of the powdery coating off of the jelly baby mm-hmm. and just put it back in the bag. Just put it back in the bag. <laughs> Until it became like a horrible congealed rat king of jelly babies <laughs> in this bag. And still offer them to her grandkids. <laughs> so that's like my fun story about an old woman. Oh my God. But So that's probably, yeah, not what you're looking for. <laughs> but that's a story. The ability to create a giant jellied rat king of, <laughs> yeah, that... I- I, I mean, I feel like we also have to put that in a future history. Yeah, that, that's what I remember most. Oh, that's what survived with me. Well, that's, I remember visiting older relatives in Italy and being offered a glass uh, of water. And the this is my mother's, one of my mother's aunts, like her taking her teeth out of the glass and then still yep. offering to me. Like the teeth mm-hmm. had just been in the water in the glass. That Those were the... It was her teeth. It was her teeth yeah. glass. And she offered me the teeth water. And it was, yeah, that's not, again, this is not, this, this is not what, this is, this is, we're doing a terrible job. This makes it We're not like, putting them in a good light here. I, conversely, no, we you're doing the best job ever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, read our comic. It's full of really disgusting things mm. that old women do. Um, but yeah, no, it is weird because you know your experience of family is messy because you see all of that you you see the truth water you see all of that that intimate stuff when you're around people's houses and you also see how as a child when you encounter like an uh for me it was my mum's aunts I guess at at the stand-in because I never knew that side of the family my grandma on that side you only ever meet them as old women you know you only ever meet them as old women you never knew what they were like when they were younger. You never knew, you know, someone, you, I remember my mum showing me a photograph and me just like laughing, you know, like, that's not her, don't be stupid. Like that woman is beautiful. Like it's just this ridiculous kind of adolescent thing that you go through. Yeah, I don't know. I think in, on some level, maybe I'm also like atoning for my 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 teenage, uh, shitness <laughs> at appreciating my family appropriately you know um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> conversely you could have been much younger and not realized just how horrible racist your elderly relations this were until <laughs> yeah oh boy my my father yeah. likes to to say that my great aunt my mother's aunt lived to be 99 and a half and spent the last decade of her life living on nothing but scotch and spite. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I definitely recommend the Agatha Christie's instead of the spites. Like, if you can... Although, that said, I mean, a lot of Agatha Christie's, Jesus, I mean, yeah, let's maybe not dig too deep into that because colonialism, the N-word is a name of the... T- oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's- Oh, rest in peace, Grandma. <laughs> yeah. You know, I keep coming back to that glass of denture water, and all I keep thinking is, well, it probably had additional fluoride in it, so that was probably good for your teeth. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't like brown water, or you know, like it could have been, it could have been a lot worse. But it, yeah. yeah. 
it is strange. I mean, how do you guys, I, I mean, we're, we're also, I'm aware that we're talking like as two women about like our relationships with like female, how like as, as, as boys, what's a terrible way to put it, um, as men, what about your, um, how do you, your relationships, I'm, cu- I'm totally curious, your relationships with your like grandmothers, how are they? Hmm. Uh, you know, both my both my grandmothers died. My maternal grandmother died when I was 17 and my paternal grandmother died when I was like 21. So, boy, half a lifetime ago at this point. Uh, my maternal grandmother had had uh, dementia for the last, I, I would say 10 plus years of her life. She had gotten into a bad car accident in like the late eighties. And that just kind of, it was all downhill from there, unfortunately. So I didn't really know her when she had her, her faculties, unfortunately. Uh, my paternal grandmother, you know, I, she was definitely, she was definitely a family matriarch, right? Like, like Thanksgiving was at her house and my dad was one of, uh, five brothers and three additional cousins that my grandmother had also raised. So it was big, big family that she was at the head of. And uh, for as long as she lived in, in the house in Elizabeth. So I, I would say that, you know, she definitely had sort of a, uh, I don't want to make her sound like a dictator or anything, but, you know, she, she definitely had a ruling presence in, in, the last years of her life i'll say that <laughs> yeah 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 oh, that's so interesting um yeah yeah Matt, Matt. and i i had a similar situation with my paternal grandmother she had early onset alzheimer's so i and she lived in florida so we're up in new jersey so i never i met her once and by that point she was already mostly not there my maternal grandmother on the other hand lived two towns over and she would you know my parents never needed daycare they would just drop me off and it was this big house and it was her and my grandfather and my great aunt mary and my uncle frank their son my mother's brother who lived there and so she was a huge presence in my life and the life of my brothers and she was wonderful with us but again this is me kind of be realizing after the fact i mean they're a large irish catholic family and the fact that their girl married a jew was not something that was yeah it yeah and it was nothing i realized until i was an adult and realized that right all those times we would go over her family dinners my father never came with us it was just my mom and my brothers and me but that's one of these things that you realize in retrospect my grandmother and great aunt's anti-semitism never seemed to be reflected on me and my brothers we were their blood so it's one of these things where i've done my best as an adult to not let that knowledge color the fact that they were wonderful to me as a child, which is a a level of cognitive dissonance that is strange and fascinating. 
Yeah, and, and yet I think so many families have relationships like that, which mm. require you to kind of, exactly, you block out certain things in order to maintain a different relationship with so that there retains some kind of family unit, some semblance of, yeah, it's so interesting. I The things that you only realise as you're growing up, or sometimes often even after they pass away, you know, things all come out and you're like, why did nobody say this? why did nobody ever talk about this before um I think like in in my head certainly when thinking sorry to to bring this back to the comic um <laughs> no but like it's it's in thinking about golden rage though definitely it's it's thinking about all these things you know that the younger woman's experience is she's going to have to get to know these characters because her initial experience of them is going to be of what she sees from the outside. I think that's really, there's a lot in the first issue that's about that kind of, that jarring sense. And as we go through the whole thing, it's it's her understanding of what these women are and how they live and what they're capable of is is sort of changes. Um, in, in that way that like, we all have these different relationships that we have to negotiate. Um, and, most families, at least, you're not literally trapped on an island with them <laughs> fighting to the death, maybe metaphorically, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Families are complicated, they're messy. I like them, um, yeah. Oh, so I'm just, I'm thinking about the cats again now. I'm just thinking about the, <laughs> the, what the cats would look like. The idea that everyone would just be giants in the world and you could just be, and you just recognize the characters by their footwear as they were being. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They're giant servants. <laughs> when going into this, were there specific dystopias that you drew from or that inspired you? I mean, you look at the, the concept and things that jumped in my mind, things like Handmaid's Tale and Bitch Planet, but were there, are there other favorite dystopias that you were like oh and you mentioned fury road so i can absolutely see that in the dna as well was, was there any other dystopic literature or film that influenced your thinking um no i mean you mentioned bitch planet definitely definitely i think impossible to write this kind of comic without having that in as a point of reference as a thinking about that in the background anyway um no, the way I, I guess, I guess, um, in terms of other dystopian worlds, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, the world of Jessica Fletcher's Murder She Wrote, where everybody dies who is close to her. Um, like, uh, there's a little bit of that mixed in as well. Um, you've got your kind of Logan's Run um, mixed in there as well. The age, the age thing. Um, and yeah, just the good old fashioned sort of, just good old fashioned, we're trapped, we're fighting each other, kind of, it, yeah. Um, I don't think there's, I'm trying to think, I don't think there's anything else that you literally have already mentioned. No, it was, and, and as I say, the dystopia, well, I mean, we're saying dystopian, but essentially we're talking about a society that just has no respect for old women and cast them aside like how it's only relatively recent in the UK for example that they like I use the word allow but um that they allow like older women to read the news for 
example, like there have we have gone through we've gone through different um, periods of protest in terms of the age of women that appear on television in notable like hosting and 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 it still feels like we're in that place. And although Hollywood is, I mean, you have something like Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie, that's not a dystopia. Sorry, I'm, I'm changing the question. <laughs> Please. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you have things like Grace and Frankie, which has done so well and which is such a great show. I love, I mean, L- Lily Tomlin is amazing. And, and Jane Fonda's like, like a like has the skin of a baby skin of a baby as a what is she 80 I've forgotten what age she is but it just incredible just this incredible and this incredible comedy powerhouse but it's still notable for being exceptional rather than like the rule of the kinds of shows that get made or the kinds of protagonists that we see and so it's not to say that there aren't really good examples of older female characters and older female protagonists at all but it still feels like they're yeah they're they're like the outlying exception rather than the rule um and yeah I didn't want to think about the dystopia that's put them all here I really wanted to just take that almost as red fine the world sucks but what about this one and and see where we where we are this one has cats I mean the other one has cats as well but um yeah yours has yeah. chickens also <laughs> yes yes has chickens has uh, has many birds um has oh God, sorry i'm just reminded of a i had to review a poetry anthology recently and in it was a visual poem a visual sonnet made up of birds hand drawn by the poet uh in 14 lines five birds in each line and it was a uh, and it was called COVID-19 and it was like crows in a sonnet. It was just, be- it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, I loved it. It was my favorite thing. Um, big thumbs up in that review. Good work, poets. Um, yeah, Lauren, maybe was there other stuff that you, cause I know what I drew on mm. in putting the words together, but like what kind of stuff were you drawing on when you actually came sort of pulling the visuals together? I went on holiday in Scotland up to the Cairngorms, took a load of photos and that was it. <laughs> That's why I drew on, I just sort of, yeah, that was why I was looking at. <laughs> you live in the perfect landscape. You live in the perfect rugged landscape. For, exactly. Uh, oh, so exciting, I'm very jealous. In fact, yeah, I'm not gonna open the window behind me because then you just see like suburban London sprawl <laughs> where people are, yeah, fighting the death in a different way. Um, Hmm. Yeah, but lately it's been the heat, right? <laughs> yes, it has been ridiculously hot over here. Um, although I'm guessing, I'm guessing up up north in um, sunny Scotland, it probably hasn't been um, the same temperature. Thing. It's still hotter than I would like. It's above five, so <laughs> I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> it's like seventeen or something at the moment. Yeah, it's not great. We're not built for it at all. <laughs> Oh. Uh, next time I need to write in Lauren has two amazing hounds by the way and so now there are cats but really there should be enormous husky husky dog <laughs> as well so that we, maybe it should be it should oh, I'm now regretting that we didn't run it like lost and have like a giant polar bear slash husky just jump out <laughs> at one point in the middle of a 
that would be a different comic entirely. Uh, yeah. Uh, one I would read, though. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm let me let me book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the series is built as five issues, but do you feel like there's there's potential for more stories in this world if you know sales, stars, and and all other things uh, align? Um. I think there's definitely potential for more story. Like there's more story with the characters we have. There's more story with the potential for, well, there's this one island. Are there other islands? Um, there's, there's always, as I said, the focus here has been on the women and on the island. I, yeah, I, I was going to say there is always a possibility to do something that involves, you know, going back and seeing the mainland, but that would be a very different feeling thing. Um, Lauren, would you want to? Would you want to? Would you want to draw some more? If we did some more, no, <laughs> more I'm attached please? to these characters now. So <laughs> if they're there, I'll be there too. It is crazy how, over the course of five issues, you get so the, the in the process, like Lauren wouldn't. Um, Lauren would finish drawing an issue before um, I would send her the script for the next issue. Um, at your preference, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So that you didn't, so that you wouldn't get distracted or th yeah, think about that. Yeah. But, um, it, yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, getting then sending her the script for a new issue and getting her comment back of like, OMG, like this thing, <laughs> or like, OMG, this guy, <gasps> like you know, it just it's, um, it was really fun because you know we we obviously got attached to the characters as well as as. As, as as readers and as like liking the yeah i um like family i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, I very much like the idea that you just sort of proposed a second series to Lauren right here. <laughs> it's, we haven't seen anything. <laughs> like, yeah, we've definitely, let's say, we, we don't currently have not made any plans, but we also have not, like, said, like, oh, well, see ya, that's it, <laughs> you no. know, wherever I there. We're very much like, well, let's just see, let's see what happens, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Lauren, I wanted to ask, you know, this is all coming pretty, pretty fast for you this year. You know, you just uh, had a uh, kind of your debut uh, story in a Buffy one shot mm -hmm. over at Boom uh, this past spring. You know, how did that uh, how did you land that uh, gig? That was um, that was I think that was just luck and timing. I'd made an art station account on a Monday and by like Wednesday, I had an email from a Boom editor to uh, work on Buffy so um, yeah I think it was just timing and luck uh, obviously very thankful for that but I think my art sales probably changed a little bit since then and it was only a one shot so it didn't fully prepare me for working on an ongoing series um, so I did a lot of my learning with Golden Rage definitely <laughs> how, how, Listen, I can stick my fingers in my ears for a bit if you want like what was it like <laughs> what was the difference do you think between the one shot and the ongoing la, 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 la. <laughs> no it was fine it's um I don't know it's a problem with me is I realized I had to be consistent <laughs> that's on me <laughs> I can't just draw one background and we'll never see that background ever again we will and <laughs> people are going to <laughs> changes <laughs> so yeah no it was just a lot of learning for me um yeah I think it's fine we did it I mean it's done it's done <laughs> yeah it felt I mean I think 
I also, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice by saying, oh, I made an account and then I got an email from someone at Boom and they're like, they, your style is really good. That horror, I can see why like a Buffy editor would jump on it immediately. Mm. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's really atmospheric. And I think you're really good at, I think you're getting really good at the actual action stuff, but it's the faces. It's being able to yeah. put that emotion in there as well. That's really nice. Um, yeah, don't do this. Don't, it's not just luck and timing. It's being awesome as well. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And in terms of Golden Rage, I think, I mean, I also went through like a learning experience across the whole thing because like I've been in the background as an editor before, but still very much with the creators calling the shots and me sort of maneuvering stuff and like making suggestions and all this, but actually then having like, oh, there's no other, there's no one one else to supersede us here we we have to figure this out between the two of us and um it has it has been a whole process together issue one the difference i think between how like quick and slick and better at communicating and everything we were by the end is mm, it's yeah. like any new project you it's like you're getting to know each other and know how to how to talk to each other and yeah i find it interesting that we started off on slack and then moved gradually into WhatsApp. And then yeah. now that Slack has just got tumbleweeds. It's just been abandoned. <laughs> like these women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should say something as well about, like, um, in terms of the rest of the team, like, Sophie, having Sophie Dodgson on board was awesome. She, she has also done so much as well to, like, What's the, how would you phrase it? Like, I would say, like, adding texture. Elevating it fully, just elevating my work with her colours. Absolutely. Mm. She's, yeah. she's fairly new, too. I think, she, was it her, was it Bitter Root her uh, first professional work? I feel like, I feel like, San, Matt, when we had Sanford Green on, I feel like that was yeah, part of the he, conversation we had. The, definitely new to the industry at that point. Yeah. But I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She so um, I I met Sophie doing Insider Art, which was an anthology that Shelley Bond put together to support um, retailers in the pandemic. And most of the editors and uh, the people uh, every, the the book was like split into these different chapters, and everyone would go off and commission different people for it. And Sophie and I were the only two people commissioning stuff based in the UK. So we instantly bonded <laughs> in, uh, just in terms of time zone proximity. And then also because of awesomeness. And uh, I found myself like at, you know, 3 a.m. singing James Bond uh, theme songs into WhatsApp uh, <laughs> to her at one point, which is a fun, um, fun professional thing to, to do. Um, I'm not going to, sorry, I was almost tempted. That would be a terrible a rendition uh, right now. <laughs> Goldfinger! The other thing you should know is I don't know any of the words to any of the James Bond theme songs. So we end up in this kind of weird improv scat place that, um, yeah, basically we're uh, clowns entertaining each other, I think is the best way to put it. But anyway, have, but having Sophie on board, um, aside from having like worked adjacent to her on that, um, was awesome to have, to 
energy of her working with us because she's she's so lovely, but she's so good. Like the, even just in those preview pages, we were talking about the like all the light effects, all the fire effects. And I'm the dumbass writer who wrote half the issue inside a dark cave <laughs> for God's sakes. And she managed to make it beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah, she did. She did a really great job. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Now, uh, are you, do either of you or both of you have any signings or appearances uh, coming up to promote the book? Uh, there will be a launch um, for issue one at Gosh Comics in London on Wednesday the 3rd. There's going to be a little signing between six and seven. Um, and yes, and then we'll do something, I think we're talking about maybe trying to do something for the second issue with I don't know if you've seen it in previews yet but Alison Sampson did an amazing cover variant for issue two. Oh, please keep an eye I think it's still on oh when this comes out will it still I think it might still just be pre-orderable possibly no maybe not it'll oh, be August God. 2nd so when the episode comes yeah. out and um well maybe i'm not sure when the fsc is usually three well, weeks out so okay so maybe right maybe there. maybe yeah. it's gonna be okay okay so anyway allison did this amazing variant which is basically um klimt's oh god what's the name of the painting lauren as do you know yes, what the name is? something oh. <laughs> i just it's the, a jammy dodger painting <laughs> yeah it's the, the if you the the one of the really famous clips with like the the woman standing. It's kind of on a golden yellow background, an incredibly detailed sort of squared background. Basically, Alison has reproduced that, but with yeah, jammy dodger biscuits, different kinds of biscuits. I think like thirteen different kinds of biscuits <laughs> that she like bought and actually painted and then ate and like and as a whole part of her creative thing. She went above and beyond and it's just such a beautiful cover um i think there's talk of maybe trying to set something up for um the second issue as well uh uh so with allison as well um and then we'll do something for the trade obviously that will be like the big because because single issues surreal boof, mind blown it's a real mm. comic something with a spine i mean are you shitting me we're actually <laughs> gonna get a spine as well crazy yeah yeah uh listeners i am looking at this allison sampson cover right now and uh yeah it's good it's real good <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh as we're as we're wind uh winding down here a penultimate question uh what are either of you reading right now i've got coffin bounds to get through Ooh. from dan waters yep. and danny so that's yep. what i've got i've got volume one just arrived today so i'll be looking through that um yeah, that's what I'm on at the moment. <laughs> right on. I am um, appalled and ashamed to say that I've read like two things since my daughter was born six months ago. Um, reading, I, I'm now, like I said, I've been doing this poetry review. That's because they're paying me to read. <laughs> um, <laughs> the best not reason to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> God, that sounds so cold and horrible, isn't it? Um, yeah, I genuinely. I have a bunch of stuff stacked up, but I, I have to hold my hand up and say that right now, this moment when I'm not uh, either doing paid work or podcasts, I'm basically looking after my daughter or sleeping as much <laughs> as humanly possible. But she's six months now, so I'm hoping we're actually kind of turning a corner and I can start trying to catch up on 
God, everything. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, to get this far into the year, I have a real, until we were talking about San Diego FOMO, I mean, there's, there's just, yeah, there's a lot that I need to, to catch up on. But, but my kid's really cute. If that helps. Um, is, she, is she sleeping yeah, through the night yet? <laughs> define through. <laughs> define night. De- <sighs> define sleeping, actually. Um, no, she's actually sleeping okay now. Just like we've had four or five nights of actual, like, functional sleep. So wish us, wish us luck that it stays that way. Absolutely. Everyone keeps telling us that everything is a phase, and I worry that they mean the good stuff too is <laughs> also just a phase. So, hmm. oh, well, uh, Chrissy Lauren, this has been a uh, delightful time. A final question as we release you back into the world uh, and to <laughs> to your to your child. Uh, how can people follow you online and keep up with Golden Rage and everything else that you're working on? Um, in terms of Golden Rage, we don't have like a specific anything like Twitter, Instagram set up just for the comic, but you can follow. I'm on all the socials just as Chrissy Williams. Um, Lauren, uh, Lauren, Lauren. Yeah, I am on Twitter as OG underscore la 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 Lauren and on Instagram. This has come back to bait me. <laughs> My username is la 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 labia. <laughs> so uh, that's where you can find me <laughs> it's one that's going to stick in people's minds and I know they've already yeah forgotten my stupid name but if that's gonna image had to tag that but you know I'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> listen everyone has to have a first internet handle it's just how it is <laughs> I knew well, it would come back to haunt me and here we are <laughs> uh, Christy Lord thank you so much for coming on the show Thank you for having Thank you us. so much. Yeah, thanks. It's been really lovely. And interesting to hear about both of your family stuff as well. I'm just curious. It's it's all interesting to me how people's families work. <laughs> That's it for this week's show. As a reminder, WMQ&A is part of Comics XF, where you can find this podcast along with our sister podcast, Battle of the Atom, Chris is on Infinite Earths and Bat Chat with Matt and Will, co-hosted by Matt Lazowitz and our bud Will Nevin. Uh, P.S. Matt and Will, sorry I made you read White Knight again. You can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, and at ComicsXF.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at Patreon.com slash WMQComics, where a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, shoutouts on the podcast, and a free comic in the mail for my collection. A $2 donation gets you a slot in the Comics XF staff picks. A $3 donation gets you access to our new bonus podcast, Our Son Pete, a deep dive into the appearances of British mutant super spy Pete Wisdom, and a $50 donation lets you advertise on the show. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Match Club podcast, Robert Secundus from ComicsXF.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel's Spider-Woman series, Kat Purcell from ComicsXF, Liz Large from ComicsXF, Will Nevin from ComicsXF, and Asimov Fangirl, a.k.a. The Loyalist Content Consumer. You can follow WMQ&A on Twitter at WMQComics, me at Daniel P. Grote, Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013, and ComicsXF at ComicsXF. And until next week, remember, the Forceworks character Century was apparently part of Combo Man. WMQA.